Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the family with L.A. Nick, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Andy Rampernard. We'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Do do do. Love this song. Give me shelter in place. <laughs> See what he Pretty did much. there. See what that That's that <laughs> clever radio, Mike. I love it. Yeah. I think people are starting to get fed up with shelter in place, though. I think yeah, they are. I am. I think it's going to be a that. mutiny soon. I'm fine with it. Yeah, this is oh, right I'm up your with, alley. I'm fine doesn't with it. doesn't affect too, me at all. <laughs> me neither. It doesn't affect my life at all. Well, no. right now, it's not too bad because uh, there's a lot of, you know, we just moved. So there's a lot of unpacking and organizing and all that kind of stuff to do. Yep. So it's like I've got a bunch of stuff to do. But yes. if I was just sitting in, plus working, because we're in communication, so we're okay mm-hmm. to do this. Um, if I had to just sit home and look at the walls, I definitely, I would not do well. Did you know that raising canes is an essential <laughs> business? It is? They said it. I think oh. most most restaurants are if they can they survive. Said, yeah, they, they said it on their food. ad. They were like, "We're an essential business, so we're still open." Yeah. Well, people have to eat. But They're raising right canes that. of I mean, like I get grocery stores and I get places that are like you know healthy and. You have stuff. to remember a lot of places. A lot of people have never cooked. They don't cook. That's true. They don't make anything. No, they don't. That's very true. Remember back in the old days, Andy, you used to think that having to microwave something was, I have to cook it? (laughs) I have to cook it? Oh, my God. (laughs) So you've changed a lot. Yeah, that's very true. I'm an Uh, adult now, but a lot of people don't have that excuse. Remember that 558-point gain yesterday on the stock market? Yes. It's all gone. The stock market is down 612 points. Ah, time to buy. Time to buy. So it gained 588 yesterday, lost 612 so far. But it's at one point it was this. down 660, so it's actually coming back up a little bit. Yeah, it's going to do. It's going to be fluctuating for a long time. For yeah, weeks. Indeed. 
That is absolutely well. true. U.S. Steel still hanging in there. <laughs> is it? I U.S. Bought, Steel. Oh, I bought, it was at its all-time record low, so I bought a whole bunch of it. Like, it was $5 and something cents mm-hmm. a share. So I bought a whole bunch of it, and then it went up to 8 something, and now it's down to six forty. So it's, it's I made the mistake of buying a bunch of U.S. Steel. Let's see. When did I buy it? <clears throat> when it was $60 a share. <laughs> Pretty close. Because <laughs> it was sixty bucks a share. Well, you just have to hold. You have to hold steady because I seriously, I think that the steel industry has got to come back oh, here because everybody's going to be anti-China we're not industry for we're a not long time. And U.S. Steel just built a brand new plant in Pennsylvania. Yeah. It hasn't even opened yet. Yeah, it's massive. The biggest steel plant in the world. It'll happen. Yeah, I bought it at forty bucks a share. Oh, so I'm currently down. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'll a bit. Yeah. Well, um, that's the kind of stock you just hold on to. You just can't yeah. yeah, give Why it to my it, children, and then when they're fifty years old they'll be like wow ten dollars why did it crash like that because they um, can't go to work no no this no, crashed a long been, time ago ceo it's, problems oh. it's been going down yeah. down down for yeah. at least and a the, couple the years the new plant was like 20 million over budget and, yeah what a shock <laughs> oh so, so it's going to take a while for it to go back yeah up. well it's yeah. all because of this <clears throat> global shipping thing that we're right. doing it doesn't right. make sense to mine the ore here Spend the fuel and the time to ship it over there, and then spend the time and fuel again to ship, ship the product. Back. Why not just smelt it here? It doesn't make any sense. Well, we always did. It, it doesn't make we any did, sense but... because if you're if you want to go green, you should stop all this shipping. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. right. Yeah, well, there you stop go. Stop shipping everything <laughs> right. back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. That would be the way to reduce fuel consumption and pollution. You would think. You know what I love about America is we do that kind of thing, and we're still the biggest assholes on earth. Isn't that just unbelievable? The whole United, the whole world hates the United States. Well, the problem is, is half of Congress hates the United States and That's thinks true. we're the biggest assholes yeah, in the world. That's exactly so they're right. like, "Yeah, we're horrible." I mean, honestly, God, we saw, you know, Donald Trump cut funding to the WHO, which I would have done as well, even if I weren't president, I would have done it. I think there's a big sham. The WHO? Big the shame. biggest scam on earth. Absolutely. It's WHO. World, World Health Organization. Organization. Oh, WHO. You don't even know where that money goes. Didn't I say WHO? Yeah. I, I thought you said Al. No, WHO. But, they, they can't even say where the money goes. No, they, they, they don't know where the money goes. No. And how much did the United States, how much did everybody else kick in every year? Oh, yeah. About $120 million. How much did the United States kick in? $500 million, is it? 400 yeah. to 500 Is yeah. it per capita? Four to $500 million a year. Is it like a per capita? No. But no. They only, no. China well, kicks in oh, wait, ten million. We have we yeah, have way more million. people than we do. Yeah, we pay forty five <laughs> times more than China does, and our population is a third. Okay, of theirs. so what is so, the wisdom right. of doing that? Why is why why was it wise to give them do. so much extra we money? We give away our business. We give away our money. We give away everything in this country, and America, we're still the biggest bricks ever. For the longest time, especially right after World War II, was basically America's mom or yep. the world's, the world's mom. mom. Yes. And we're taking care of the world because we just were that nice and I we think, love everyone. Well, I think it was to make us look like big shots and make us look like we were the most powerful and gave us the upper hand. Well, well, all we it did was well, gave us the upper hand. It was also to, to spread the joys of capitalism and not communism. Right. But it, it gave us the upper hand. should mention, by the way, that we only get credit for giving $127 million, even though it's between four to 500 So comparatively... Well, but even if it's only 127 Per capita, let's see. That's um, that's that's twelve times as much as China, with three times about. That's thirty-six times per capita what China's paying. That's correct. So even at that number, we're still paying 
far more and than And their track could. record is horrible. They've never Terrible. been right on anything no, ever WHO, in history. The WHO has lost a lot of clout after this whole coronavirus Well, thing. not even this. After they were wrong on the SAR. They were wrong on everyone. <clears throat> well, the guy does nothing but kiss ass on China, that hammerhead well, that's Well, they're an extension it. of the Chinese propaganda yeah, market. They are, they yes. Are. So Trump said, screw you, and now everybody's going, oh, my God, we can't do this. It's, it's horrible. No, it's not horrible. We're just not. Look. We're not going to put up with white people suck, America sucks, mm-hmm. when America pays for everything. No, not just the white people in America do. All the population does. But we're getting a little tired. And even the guy who runs it, he was the head of the health organization of Ethiopia, yeah, which yeah, has that yeah. worst health. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is who we choose? I mean, it's just stupid. The whole thing is ridiculous. I, I, I would say all of it. You're not getting any more money. Matter of fact, all that money we send the five billion to give Egypt. It back. Why are we giving five billion a year to Egypt? We Why? give money to every country. Just yes, we do. I know we do. Well, probably for military installations, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't think we have them there anymore, do we? I think we do. In Egypt, I think so. I thought it was in Jordan. One thing a lot of people don't know is they see our military budget. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Huge. And they think, oh, we're buying bombs and tanks. But Mm -mm. the vast majority of that is place. It's it's things like military bases in other countries which act as their military. A lot of countries don't have a standing military. Um, Japan doesn't have one. We are Japan's military. Well, tactically, that that is our benefit then if we're the ones that are – yeah, you know, we've got our people there and our stuff. There. Yeah, but we don't. Nobody else has to pay. Why do we? <clears throat> well, yeah, we're just... paying to maintain the armies of the countries that don't have armies. That's correct. But they it's don't. Al- pay. But it's also, like I said, it's a tactical spot to yeah. be. So it might make <sighs> it might make sense. I don't know. I mean, I've never studied all of that, but that would make sense to me. The reason why. What was that guy's the name again? I was running for vice president. I can't remember who he was running with, but General. Uh, Curtis LeMay. That's who it was. It was Curtis LeMay. Remember him? No, I don't. He was asked in the, like the late 60s, early 70s. I think it was the early 70s. He was asked what he would do to all these countries around the world that are hostile to the United States. He said, and I quote, well, I'd just bomb them back to the Stone Age. Oh, dear. <laughs> sure that went over well. That does not go over well. Yeah, I'm sure it went over really big. Nobody likes that. <laughs> no worse than Biden yesterday trying to beat up that 80-year-old man. What? What? Did he, what? <laughs> What? Now what? That guy's guy crazy. That, man. What are you talking crazy. about? He went off on some eighty-year-old man. Eighty-year-old man. Well, he himself where? is an eighty-year-old man, so I don't know where they were. Grocery store. I just saw the footage oh. yesterday. It might not have been yesterday, but I saw the footage oh. yesterday. Oh. What I love about yesterday. Joe Biden is he threatens to beat everybody up. Have you ever seen him? <laughs> yeah. You sugar tit. You couldn't beat anybody up. I mean, come on. I don't know. Look, look at what we got. This is what we got right here. We got Joe Biden and Donald Trump. I tell you, if, if you want to see the real, watch Joe Biden's thing on the, on coronavirus. Oh God! It doesn't even make any sense. No, not one sentence. No sense. He doesn't make sense. Not one sentence makes sense. Not even one. So how can how can you how can you make this guy a president? How well, is it possible? And whoever he picks as vice president is going to end up being president well, anyway. It's, he's just going to be a face and a pup and. A, puppet and yeah. there'll be yeah, other people is. pulling the strings because he can't make a decision do you think it'll be kamala harris is that do you think it'll be yes it Probably. is worse in big trouble i would agree with you i would agree well, with you on that there, one. There, she's there, cr- crooked you know, as can be yeah on twitter there's always conspiracy theories and the conspiracy theory right now is that they joe biden does 
have dementia. This is a theory. Okay, it's a theory. I'm not saying this. Although he has dementia. That he has dementia (laughs) and and he'll get Kamala Harris in there. And that's why Obama endorsed him. Finally, yeah. Is so that he can pick who's going to be the vice VP, and then oh, Obama's getting and then, something on it. And then Biden will have to step down because of cognitive decline, and then she'll be president, and then they'll get what they wanted in the first she, place. She she can't be president. Why not? Because she's horrible. She's Donald she, Trump's president, and he's I pretty know, horrible. But she, yeah, but she 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 has a, not a good record. No, she doesn't. She will do a literally anything to gain power. She'll anything. say anything. Well, that's any politician. That's what they're uh, all like now. We don't, have, we don't have any politicians that are in it for the good of no, the world. No, true. Isn't that Let's sad? Let's just say that right out loud. There aren't any. This, really this, this, this year was the worst pick I've ever seen. Worst oh, group of we're people. doing 10 minutes? Are we? Okay, well, we got we'll our just... guest at 11.30, so... Okay. Oh, we better get moving. Okay, yes. so basically here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. We'll just move forward. We'll see what the deal is. I do love the fact that all they ever do on the left is bitch about white men, particularly old white men, but they pick an old white man who can't even think clearly to be their <laughs> president. I mean, what, what the hell are you doing? You said you don't want old white men running it, and then you pick an old white man who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Makes no sense. We'll be back with the family. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customer? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, Perfect. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Tiny it up. Mm-hmm. Love this song. Yeah, what were you saying, Ellie? Classic song. You think this is a classic song? Sweet Home great Alabama. Song, it is a great song. I really do like this song a lot. Well written song. Indeed. Uh, do we? Um, sure do. We are good to go. Catherine. What? What did I do? Everything's on here but their name. Oh. Well, it's Dondre Whitfield. 
Dondre Whitfield? Okay, excellent. Sorry. Oh, there you go, Dondre Whitfield. How are you doing, Dondre? We're having technical difficulties. I am doing really well. How about yourself? Well, Dondre, we're in a situation where, where I do a morning talk show as well, but I can't go into the building because of COVID-19, so I have to do it from the podcast studio. And every day when we transfer over from the morning show studio to the podcast studio, Nothing it's works. a headache, Dondre. <laughs> it's a headache. Works. I'm just telling you. Good old technology. Uh, <laughs> I just, I love it. Um, best known for his role on Queen Sugar, as a matter of fact. Transformational speaker Dondre Whitfield challenges us to be real men in this provocative look at the power found in serving others. I could not agree more, Dondre, Mr. Whitfield. Uh, I think that is exactly what a real man and a real woman would be. Someone who will step up and do whatever it takes to help someone else. If it's all about you, you're not even a real man. You're just not. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so so many of us, you know, I grew up in um, in Brooklyn, um, not the gentrified one that looks very <laughs> Disney like now, yeah. but the original one. And uh, you know, it was uh, uh, every other day was a fight. My my dad was in and out of jail for most of my adolescence, and what I learned from the street was that uh, manhood was about you know how many women. Um, uh, you get to, to have relationships with, uh, how much you can uh, uh, accrue for yourself, um, how much you could, you know, bench press. And all those things just spoke to our masculinity and our sexuality, but it had nothing to do with our manhood. Um, so this book, Male versus Man, frames up um, that, you know, males look to be served while men look to be of service. Uh, and that the true mark of manhood is about serving um, those, you know, in, in your life, whether it's in your house or in your community. Now, Don, Andre, did you learn this from your mother? You know, it's interesting. I, in, in the book, I actually talk about the fact that what my mom taught me was uh, how to be a great human being. She taught me how Excellent. to be conscious. Um, she taught me how to be considerate. What my mother couldn't teach me was how to be a man. Right. It, you know, my mother taught me how to cook, but it didn't make me a chef. In order for me to become a chef, <laughs> I have to get under the tutelage of a chef. Mm -hmm. So what I tell every young, uh, every, uh, young, young male that, that's trying to matriculate into his manhood, you've got to get under the tutelage of a man who's going to teach you what this you know, is all about. One of the uh, chapters in, in chapter 3 male versus man, I talk about the calm and the chaos. We are in a very chaotic space uh, right now in our society, dealing with COVID-19, and there's so much uh, disinformation, there's so much uh, confusion, and that really is about men have to be someone that, uh, that leads in a time of chaos in order to infuse calm. Not that any woman can't, but my job as a uh, as a brother is to get our uh, our fellow brothers to come to the, their best self in order for our society to come to its best self. Our sisters are supposed to keep each other in check. Our job is to keep ourselves in check, and so I am calling for our brothers to really stay in a space of calm in order to, you know, give our society a leg up. That's what men are supposed to do. I, I've, I've often said that, and my wife agrees, I'm the leader of my house, not because I tell people what to do, 
but because I show people what to do. I'm the model that everyone in my house can mirror. That's what men are supposed to be. I love it. Dondre for pe- president. <laughs> yeah, why don't you run for president, Dondre? What's the matter with you? Run for president, will you? Um, it's so rare to hear anybody with common sense anymore. That's exactly uh, it's, right. It's so, it, you feel like you're in like an, an, an alternate like universe, don't you? Yes, it's terrible. It's, it's maddening when you hear, um, when you hear influencers and, and, and celebrities and, and politicians and, you know, and, and I've often said to folks, I'm like, listen, I don't, I don't, I'm not for a party. I'm for the people. Who that person is, what party their affiliation is, if you are about serving the people, then I'm about putting you in position. Those are the kinds of folks that we need to have uh, in power in order to facilitate the needs of the people. And I have no idea why why we aren't doing that and why it takes so many people to get that certain people are are simply not qualified to serve the people if your if your chief uh mode of operation is to serve yourself then that is maleness all day but if your chief operation is to be able to serve the people that's manhood in and out do you have any names of these mystical people? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't know of any right now. I don't either. It feels like there's none. Not it really does. And, and that's tremendously sad that yes. hear one of my sisters say, I, you know, I don't know any, which is why I wrote this book. You know, I, I feel like, uh, not even I feel like, I know. We, we often think that manhood comes with a magical age. We think that it comes with 18 because uh, that's the, you know, the legal age to drive or 17. Or you think it comes with 21 because that's the legal age to drink. Car companies think the magical age is 25. We're not, we don't think that you're really responsible enough or mad enough to rent you a car till you're 25. So everybody has these magical and mystical ages mm-hmm. that they think that manhood comes with. It is absolutely not. I know males who are in their 20s. 30s, 40s, 50s. I know males that are in their 60s. Manhood has absolutely nothing to do with age. It has everything in the world to do with information that you get and applying it to your life and dedicating your life to being of service to those in it. Period. That is it. That's when you become a man. We, uh, I tell you what, uh, first of all, I should mention the book is called Male Versus Man, How to Honor Women, Teach Children, and Elevate Men to Change the World. Um, and, I, and I will just repeat uh, what my wife said there a couple of minutes ago. Why aren't you running for president, Andre? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Um, doing nothing with my life. <laughs> you're doing, yes, you're doing nothing with your life. That's exactly right. Um, I, we talk about a lot of different topics on this show and on the morning show as well. And the great producer, Sam Pollard, uh, I don't know if you know Sam Pollard or not, but uh, he is a phenomenal, phenomenal producer. He's got a new uh, docuseries on HBO about the killings of all of these African-American children in 1979, 80, and 81 in Atlanta, the children of Atlanta. Uh, 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 oh, yes. Yes, I do. Yes, yes, yes. The oh, Williams yes. case. I want to ask you something as, as a black man in America today. 
I want to ask you a question that I asked Sam Pollard, who's also African-American. I am not. I'm white. But I want to ask you, and I'll tell you how Sam answered, answered when I asked him. Do you think we will ever, ever get to the point where we're not going to care what color you are, what your orientation is, what your sex oh is? Do you think we'll ever get past this, this color line thing? You know, unfortunately, it's going to, and, and I hope this doesn't sound morbid, but it really is true. Some folks are actually going to have to expire. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a passed down, this is like the, um, the racist joint that gets passed from one generation to the next. Uh-huh. Hey, here, take a hit of this. I have absolutely no earthly idea. Let, let me just explain this to you. Let me let me put it in the context because all of my 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 Caucasian brothers and sisters that and I have quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, they they understand they understand the plight. They understand the frustration. They understand how ridiculous it is that we still live in a time where people are. Uh, uh, basing an experience on a group of people just based on something as ridiculous as melanin in, in your skin yep. or lack of it. And I try to explain it in this way. Think of living in a country like being in a, uh, in a space where you're constantly made to feel like you are a visitor, even though that's where you're from. That's what it feels like to be a black person in America. Mm-hmm. I have been in Canada where I've never felt like a black person. I just felt like a human being. People didn't cross the street when I was walking down the street. Didn't have people clutching their, 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 their purse. It was, it, it was, it was surreal. It's still that level of surreal being in this country from time to time, just when you feel like, and if you speak to any black person in this country, they will tell you that from time to time they forget. And then there's a painful reminder like every, I don't know, week or so mm. where you go, oh, wow, I, I'm, I, I am different and that people see me differently. I am truly hoping that one day we literally will come to a space where we only treat people the way they're supposed to be treated based on the way they treat others, based on the way they serve others, and not, you know, something as ridiculous as a permanent tan or a lack of it. Like, that really is how ridiculous and absurd it is that we're still having yeah. this conversation. No, you're absolutely right. I will tell you that Sam Pollard, who, by the way, it's not fair because he has a voice that sounds like this, by the way. Yeah. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? How's everything? I mean, he's got one of the greatest voices in the history of the world, but yeah. he, uh, he does not think it'll ever, ever happen in his lifetime or maybe ever happen. He does not think we'll ever get past this race issue in the world, not just in America, but in the world. I don't think we will either. It's been going on since the beginning of time. It has. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's still people who are profiting from it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, where, wherever you find profit, um, that's where you find the ability for things to uh, be sustainable. Well, no, when they're, when, go ahead. It's all about the money. It's yeah, it, it is. It is always about it's the money. It's all yep. about the money. Yep, it's yeah. true. Definitely. And, and, and sadly, and I have a 15-year-old daughter. 
and I have an 11 year old son and I remember when I remember when um, my daughter was very young, and Barack Obama had just um, uh, gotten elected. Um, and I was explaining to her, I said, "I really need you to put it this way: my children didn't know of this. Is how deep it is in my house. My children did not know of a country." did not know of this country without a black president. Yeah, black that's right. Yeah. Right? So my children did not know an America without a black president. And the first white president that they experienced. <laughs> yes. Yes, Don Gray. <laughs> I, you can't write this. No. Do you know how... What kind of substantive conversations I have to have virtually daily with my children about things that have been implemented by this administration, things that he said, the way that he treats people um, when uh, when he curses on uh, on on network television, the way he demeans people. All of those things, it's extremely difficult. I'm running out of ways to have a conversation with my children that doesn't uh, put me in a position where I have to say, yeah, the guy's an idiot. What I'm trying to do is use different words to speak around the fact that, you know, people have experiences that bring them to this sort of behavior. Right. You know, right. I'm sort of giving them the, the scientific, you know, uh, version of it. But it is becoming increasingly more difficult as my children have conversations with their own friends about what they're experiencing. And they are white, right? They happen to be Caucasian and going, they're apologizing to my children about this experience. And my children are like, you guys don't have to apologize. Because that's, this is not, that's, not your, that's not your fault. But that's how deep it is. That's how... Our children, this is a level of trauma. People are underestimating the trauma that our children are experiencing during this time with this lack of leadership. We think that they have no idea what's going on. Our children, do you know how many times as a child, adults around me would say, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I knew precisely what they were talking about. Right, right. I'm sure you had the same experience as a child. Mm -hmm. Well, why is it that we think that our children don't have this same experience. And again, this speaks to when a male has not matriculated into manhood and doesn't see himself simply as a servant for those around him. That's how dangerous it is. I think it's wonderful. Uh, Dondre Whitfield, let me say this, and, and, and this, this is the way I, I think we're going to eventually get there. And I really do. Because you're a human being, I care about you. And if we care about one another, I don't give a rat's ass what, what your skin color is, how tall you are, how much you weigh. I don't care. I care about you because you're a human being. That's all I know. Period. That's it. Period. And that, that's all that, that, that is all that should matter. As my, my sister Jane Elliott, one of the great minds of, uh, of our society, said that we are one race. So when I yep. tell folks that, you know, I, I, I call 
uh, people, uh, uh, different uh, folks from different regions, people of, of ethnicities and, and color, but I don't talk about race anymore because we no. are one race. We are one human race. Yep. And until we get to a space where everyone sees each other that way, we are going to constantly find ourselves back in this space going, what is going on? We'll be fine, Andre. You need to come back on, and we need to talk more. That's all I My have brother, to say. My brother, this has been a pleasure, man. Oh, I can do great. this all day, any day, guys. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Male versus Man, How to Honor Women, Teach Children, Elevate Men to Change the World. Books available everywhere. W-H-I-T-F-I-E-L-D. Dondre Whitfield, the author. Dondre, thanks for your time today, sir. Have a great day. Thank you, family. I appreciate you guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Talk soon. We'll take a break. Be right back with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. <laughs> it's Starman, apparently. Yeah, David Star Bowie. Starman oh. for Panda. You know, I was going to ask Don, what was the last guest name? Don Winfield. I was going to ask him if he has to explain to his kids what every time Biden speaks with him, yeah, <laughs> what he's well, talking yeah. about. Okay, the one thing he, he, he said, that, yeah. and this is the thing that pisses me off the most about race relations in, in America. If white people would ever get their head out of their ass and stop apologizing yeah, for something for you don't have to apologize for, it's disgusting that you do that. I think they think that they're being empathetic. They it's not they empathetic. Are. Listen, here's here here. I, I was I was not a racist person in my whole life. My parents. Until gener- now. My parents. No, <laughs> my parents from Philadelphia. My, my parents' generation <laughs> were racist. Yeah, they were. Because yeah. they they feel like that the black community ruined ruined their neighborhoods, and they had reasons to be you know mm-hmm. have have. It's very ironic coming from Italians. Right, right. Same thing. Yeah, they did the same thing. Weren't so, so happy about them. Oh no, in. they were the scum of the earth when they migrated what do you mean, to America. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but for, me, for me, in for my Sansevier. life, in my life, I've never seen it until I. It's like I say. I, I explain it like this. Every time you saw a Doberman pincher, it chased you and bit the shit out of you. Yeah. You would start being afraid of Doberman pinchers. Oh yeah, well there is that. So, and you're living in an inner city, and every time something bad happens to you, it's the same person type of person. The city that makes you paranoid. You, because you become a little weary of that kind of person. I can see that. Yeah. So you start crossing the street because you're afraid. It's all about fear, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are afraid. 
When you have these young black teenagers downtown beating the crap out of everyone, and you see it on a daily basis, no, true. you start being fearful. Well, I definitely agree with the environmental part of it, because if you're in an area that there's a high crime, you're yeah. going to, well, and as a woman, I, you know, if I'm in a high crime area or just, you know, I'm going to walk across the street whenever I see any guy. Yeah, period. Yeah. I mean, I've seen so many people attacked downtown that, I'm sorry, it yeah. made me fearful of young black teenagers. It just has. Well, it's because they're the ones who never get arrested. Because well, they if do, they get they're arrested, and, they're just released. Well, right if, they're, if they get, you know, put in prison, then people start rioting because they think that it's the cops being racist. But if you put a white guy in prison, no one cares. So is fear racism? I don't know. I, don't uh, know I think that's not. exactly right. But I'm, I'm, I, think it is. I'm, I have fear when I see five... 17-year-old black kids walking down 7th Street, and I'm walking towards them, I'm probably going to cross the street. Any group of 17-year-olds, I that wouldn't want to. Is racist? It's fear. I don't know if it's racist. I'm just afraid. Yeah, would you that... do the same thing if it was a group of seven white teen- teenagers? It depends how they were dressed. I probably would. Their pants were hanging down, and they were walking yeah. with a with a gang. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess if they were like clearly part of a yeah. barbershop quartet, then I'd be like, okay. <laughs> There's four white but, guys in suits, oh, yeah. sweaters, a straw hat, exactly. <laughs> No, I probably would. No, couple yeah. straw hat, baby. Yeah. If I saw four Hell's Angels, I'd probably cross the street. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. You know, it's just it's a fear thing, man. Is it racism? I don't know. I don't consider myself a racist, but I do have fear of. Having fear of dangerous people is not racist. Well, that's and what groups it is, of teenagers but, are dangerous you don't, people. Well, you don't think that every black teenager is a gang member of course not yeah no. yeah exactly i mean it's it's mostly a minneapolis thing yeah the problem because they're is, enabled. is that when you've got you know you've got a city that's run like ours is yeah where there's no reason for any of this stuff to be happening nope. downtown yeah. minneapolis no we have a very small population all of this stuff could be taken care city. of could a very size. manageable city mm-hmm. it 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 does seem like we're being overwhelmed with a certain group yeah. of people in west palm beach you don't get that feeling at all no. But in Minneapolis, you do. Because yeah, they, in Minneapolis, they're favoring certain groups and look looking the other way when certain groups do certain things. I would have actually really liked to talk to um, Dondre about that. And, yeah. and there's telltale signs. Like yeah. Timberland boots. They all wear those gray, t- those tan Timberland boots, like the gang members mm. for stomping on people. And they, they do? They, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. So they all have, it's telltale signs. And most majority of the kids down there are wearing that stuff. So when I see them, I cross mm. the street. Yeah, I think, and I have fear. If I, that's racism, then I don't know. I think not. that if the powers that be allow any group to misbehave, that group is going to misbehave. Well, that's like I said, that's racism. I think it, it's oh, like saying it is, you you can't behave because of your skin color. That's basically it is, what it they're is. saying. No, yeah. they're they're, in, they're enabling it to yep. happen. If yeah, if like they stopped arresting you know white kids for vandalism, white kids would start committing vandalism. That's just how it works. Well, that's how people are starting to feel about all of these weird laws out in California. It's like if this guy can go in and shoplift nine hundred dollars yep. worth of stuff every day, why should I pay for anything? Right. Why yeah. can't I just walk in and get <clears throat> grab whatever and I want? You, and now you can. Yeah, and now and you here can. Here too, Minneapolis too. And that's how it's, you know, it's like, why should I follow mm-hmm. any rules if there are no rules? That's the true. rules have to be for everybody or they're for nobody. I agree. Favoritism for... breeds bad behavior. Absolutely. Every time. Uh, what's our out, Andy? Uh, let's find out. And while it's... I am finding out, I can say, yes, Officer Dave, the text line is working. But I can't respond via text because Skype wants your money. What? Well, or our money. <laughs> Skype wants money now. You can't text I thought they out wanted money. on Skype without what? paying. 
You can Why get texts, not? but you can't text out. So we have to respond on the show. Oh. Uh, are we going 10 minutes? Yeah. Then we got about four to go. Perfect. Perfect. We'll just go I'll to just, uh, we just go to five. Four. There we go. Oh, four there. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we got the. Well, this first hour segment has gone by very, very. See, that's the whole deal, L.A. Nick. From what I've observed. Now, once again, I will tell you this. My whole life, this is a true story. I've been in battles with white people, with Native American people, uh, but I've never been in a battle like a physical battle. You know, like slugging it out with either. A brown person or a black person. It's never happened. There weren't any Asians in my neighborhood, so I don't know about that. Because it wouldn't have, because there were no Asians in Minnesota at that time, basically. Asians commit crime less than white people do. Yeah, yeah, they do. Right, exactly. So, so what I'm saying is, if we can't get along, why is it that I've never been in an? I've never even been in an argument with a black person or a Spanish person. Never. It just didn't, there was no reason to, so it never happened, right? I got jumped by two black guys downtown. I mean, it happens. It does happen. Well, but again, it's downtown, you know. That's, that's, well, that's me, the, <laughs> that is the environment that they, would I mean, you right, do, they encourage. What did you piss them off for? I didn't. I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't. Were, this is how they did it. A, a, young, a smaller one walked right up to me and started, oh, yeah. and started laughing. Yep. Just laughing. And there I said, go. I said, what's so funny? And. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a guy swinging a brass pipe, smack oh. me right in the jaw. God, oh, and, uh, God. when was this? Uh, Yesterday, maybe four years ago. Oh God! Really? Five years ago, long, huh? I got seven stitches inside my cheek because <sighs> my teeth my teeth went through my cheek. Oh my and, uh, God! They didn't even rob me. They just did it to do it. Yep, that's because so, they can. So you know, you know, yeah, and it was hundreds of people around. Nobody did anything. Yep. So uh, all humans broke two teeth. That's why so laws exist. it cost exist. me a lot of money and uh, couldn't go out for a week. My face was, you know, as big I'm as a sure. grapefruit. God. You're lucky not to have lost all those teeth. I know. I lost two teeth. Yeah. Well, not lotion, but cracked them. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they did it just for not just for fun. Mm-hmm. Just for the hoot. I mean, it's just so sad. <clears throat> it's just, there's no well, other way to put it. It's just very sad. Well, and that's what we were talking about. Yeah, the, the culture of those kids is probably, hey, I'm being a man and, by going and, and be, beating up somebody. it happened in front of a club that also, that had it happened to have a black doorman who knew him and wouldn't identify him. Mm. What? Wouldn't. Why not? It's the way it is, oh, man. Oh, because he's afraid he's going to get his little candy-ass kid. Might be, yeah. yeah. They were probably part of a gang. It was probably a gang initiation, and he knew that if he said anything, the gang would target him. I don't know. It's just yeah. I'm telling you, the world has just gone mad. The world has just gone mad, and I believe you can. I you can blame our leaders. A hundred percent. No, one hundred percent. Minneapolis fell because of leaders. Yes, because of two bad mayors in a row. And we won't stop. And and we won't stop electing the same exact person over and over again. They're political ladder climbers that will do anything to get noticed by the National Democratic. And why do? the voters keep bringing these people they're, in because they don't live there well maybe. betsy hodges we had her on we endorsed her because she said yeah they know, say one things thing other than she said you know it's time to get more reasonable and etc cetera, etc cetera. 
And then as soon as she was elected, it she was... She did the opposite. Yeah. You know, let the all the criminals Pride do did, whatever Pride they did want. did the same thing. He said he was going to be the mayor of Law and Order. Yep. He did the absolute opposite. He's a total yep. con man. They get elected because the people believe their lies. That's why. Yeah. Well, and R.T. Ryback wasn't much better. He was good the first his first term. First Second term. Second term, he started. That's the, the problem yeah. with blindly following a political party instead of a person mm-hmm. that has some integrity. But yep. Betsy and Fry did so much damage... They tore a hole so big in the fabric of Minneapolis no that it can never it. be fixed again. It, it, not in our lifetime. Not um, in anyone here's lifetime. Well, my no. worry is that Minneapolis or a place like Minneapolis is going to be the birthplace of, you know, the new clan or something like that. Because people are going to overreact to what's going nah, on. It's going to go it's going to go the other way. Mm, I don't know. People tend to overreact. Yeah, to but things. you got you got remember who lives here? Norwegian, Swedes, and Germans. They're, That's true. They're, they'll they're never do anything. Docile. They'll yeah. never do anything. They'll just move. If anywhere it's yeah. going to yeah, be they'll just move. They'll just move. They'll and they just already move. are. They yeah. already are moving. Right. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back uh second hour in about 5-6 minutes something like that.